Section thirty eight of Gray's Anatomy, Part five. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Bologna Times. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part five, by Henry Gray. Female Genital Organs, Ovaries, Uterine Tube. Female Genital Organs, Ovaries, Uterine Tube. The female genital organs. Organa genitalia mulibria. The female genital organs consist of an internal and an external group. The internal organs are situated within the pelvis and consist of the ovaries, the uterine tubes, the uterus, and the vagina. The external organs are placed below the urogenital diaphragm and below and in front of the pubic arch. They comprise the mons pubis the labia majora et minora pudendi, the clitoris, the bulbous vestibuli, and the greater vestibular glands. The ovaries, ovaria. The ovaries are homologous with the testes in the male. They are two nodular bodies, situated one on either side of the uterus in relation to the lateral wall of the pelvis, and attached to the back of the broad ligament of the uterus behind and below the uterine tubes. The ovaries are of a grayish-pink color, and present either a smooth or a puckered, uneven surface. They are each about four centimeters in length, two centimeters in width, and about eight millimeters in thickness, and weigh from two to three point five grams. Each ovary presents a lateral and a medial surface, an upper or tubal, and a lower or uterine extremity, and an anterior of or mesovarian, and a posterior free border. It lies in a shallow depression, named the ovarian fossa, on the lateral wall of the pelvis. This fossa is bounded above by the external iliac vessels, in front by the obliterated umbilical artery, and behind by the ureter. The exact position of the ovary has been the subject of considerable difference of opinion, and the description here given applies to the ovary of the noliparous woman. The ovary becomes displaced during the first pregnancy, and probably never again returns to its original position. In the erect posture, the long axis of the ovary is vertical. The tubal extremity is near the external iliac vein. To it are attached the ovarian fimbria, of the uterine tube, and a fold of peritoneum, the suspensory ligament of the ovary, which is directed upward over the iliac vessels and contains the ovarian vessels. The uterine end is directed downward toward the pelvic floor. It is usually narrower than the tubal, and is attached to the lateral angle of the uterus, immediately behind the uterine tube, by a rounded cord termed the ligament of the ovary which lies within the broad ligament and contains some non-striped muscular fibers. The lateral surface is in contact with the parietal peritoneum, which lines the ovarian fossa. The medial surface is to a large extent covered by the fimbriated extremity of the uterine tube. The mesovarian border is straight and is directed toward the obliterated umbilical artery and is attached to the back of the broad ligament by a short fold named the mesovarium. Between the two layers of this fold, the blood vessels and nerves pass to reach 
the hilum of the ovary. The free border is convex and is directed toward the ureter. The uterine tube arches over the ovary, running upward in relation to its mesovarian border, then curving over its tubal pole and finally passing downward on its free border and medial surface. Epoupheron, paravarium, organ of Rosenmuller. The epoupheron lies in the mesosopanx between the ovary and the uterine tube and consists of a few short tubules ductuli transversi which converge toward the ovary while their opposite ends open into a rudimentary duct the ductus longitudinalis epoupheri duct of gartner perupheron the perupheron consists of a few scattered rudimentary tubules best seen in the child situated in the broad ligament between the epoupheron and the uterus the ductuli transversi of the epoupheron and the tubules of the perupheron are remnants of the tubules of the wolfian body or mesonephros the ductus longitudinalis epoupheri epoupheri is a persistent portion of the wolfian duct in the fetus the ovaries are situated like the testes in the lumbar region near the kidneys but they gradually descend into the pelvis structure the surface of the ovary is covered by a layer of columnar cells which constitutes the germinal epithelium of waldire the epithelium gives to the ovary a dull gray color as compared with the shining smoothness of the peritoneum and the transition between the squamous epithelium of the peritoneum and the columnar cells which cover the ovary is usually marked by a line around the anterior border of the ovary the ovary consists of a number of vesicular ovarian follicles embedded in the meshes of a stroma or framework the stroma is a peculiar soft tissue abundantly supplied with blood vessels consisting for the most part of spindle-shaped cells with a small amount of ordinary connective tissue these cells have been regarded by some anatomists as unstriped muscle cells which indeed they most resemble by others as connective tissue cells on the surface of the organ this tissue is much condensed and forms a layer tunica albogenia composed of short connective tissue fibers with fusiform cells between them the stroma of the ovary may contain interstitial cells resembling those of the testes vesicular ovarian follicles graphian follicles upon making a section of an ovary numerous round transparent vesicles of various sizes are to be seen they are the follicles or ovisacs containing the ova immediately beneath the superficial covering is a layer of stroma in which are a large number of minute vesicles of uniform size about o point twenty five millimeters in diameter these are the follicles in their earliest condition and the layer where they are found has been termed the cortical layer they are especially numerous in the ovary of the young child after puberty and during the whole of the childbearing period large and mature or almost mature follicles are also found in the cortical layer in small numbers and also corpora lutea 
the remains of follicles which have burst and are undergoing atrophy and absorption. Beneath this superficial stratum, other large and more or less mature follicles are founded embedded in the ovarian stroma. These increase in size as they recede from the surface toward a highly vascular stroma in the center of the organ, termed the medullary substance, zona vasculosa of Waldeyer. This stroma forms the tissue of the hilum by which the ovary is attached, and through which the blood vessels enter. It does not contain any follicles. The larger follicles consist of an external fibrovascular coat connected with the surrounding stroma of the ovary by a network of blood vessels, and an internal coat which consists of several layers of nucleated cells called the membrana granulosa. At one part of the mature follicle, the cells of the membrana granulosa are collected into a mass which projects into the cavity of the follicle. This is termed the discus prolegeris, and in it the ovum is embedded. The follicle contains a transparent albuminous fluid. The development and maturation of the follicles and ova continue uninterruptedly from puberty to the end of the fruitful period of woman's life, while their formation commences before birth. Before puberty, the ovaries are small, and the follicles contained in them are disposed in a comparatively thick layer in the cortical substance. Here they present the appearance of a large number of minute closed vesicles, constituting the early condition of the follicles. Many, however, never attain full development, but shrink and disappear. At puberty, the ovaries enlarge and become more vascular. The follicles are developed in greater abundance, and their ova are capable of fecundation. Discharge of the Ovum The follicles, after attaining a certain stage of development, gradually approach the surface of the ovary and burst. The ovum and fluid contents of the follicle are liberated on the exterior of the ovary and carried into the uterine tube by currents set up by the movements of the cilia covering the mucous membrane of the fimbriae. Corpus luteum. After the discharge of the ovum, the lining of the follicle is thrown into folds and vascular processes grow inward from the surrounding tissue. In this way, the space is filled up and the corpus luteum formed. It consists at first of a radial arrangement of yellow cells with blood vessels and lymphatic spaces, and later it merges with the surrounding stroma. Vessels and Nerves The arteries of the ovaries and uterine tubes are the ovarian from the aorta. Each anastomosis freely in the mesosalpinx with the uterine artery giving some branches to the uterine tube, and others which traverse the mesovarium and enter the hilum of the ovary. The veins emerge from the hilum in the form of a plexus, the pampiniform plexus. The ovarian vein is formed from this plexus and leaves the pelvis in company with the artery. The nerves are derived from the hypogastric or pelvic plexus, and from the ovarian plexus, the uterine tube receiving a branch from one of the uterine nerves. Footnote 179. For a description of the ovum, see page 38. End footnote.
the uterine tube tuba uterina fallopian tube oviduct the uterine tubes convey the ova from the ovaries to the cavity of the uterus they are two in number one on either side situated in the upper margin of the broad ligament and extending from the superior angle of the uterus to the side of the pelvis each tube is about ten centimeters long and is described as consisting of three portions one the isthmus or medial constricted third two the ampulla or intermediate dilated portion which curves over the ovary and three the infundibulum with its abdominal ostium surrounded by fimbriae one of which the ovarium fimbriae is attached to the ovary the uterine tube is directed lateralward as far as the uterine pole of the ovary and then ascends along the mesovarian border of the ovary to the tubal pole over which it arches finally it turns downward and ends in relation to the free border and medial surface of the ovary the uterine opening is minute and will only admit a fine bristle the abdominal opening is somewhat larger in connection with the fimbriae of the uterine tube or with the broad ligament close to them there are frequently one or more small pedunculated vessels these are termed the appendices vesculosae hydatids of morgani structure the uterine tube consists of three coats serous muscular and mucous the external or serous coat is peritoneal the middle or muscular coat consists of an external longitudinal and an internal circular layer of non-striped muscular fibers continuous with those of the uterus the internal or mucous coat is continuous with the mucous lining of the uterus and at the abdominal ostium of the tube with the peritoneum it is thrown into longitudinal folds which in the ampulla are much more extensive than in the isthmus the lining epithelium is columnar and ciliated this form of epithelium is also found on the inner surface of the fimbriae which while on the outer or serous surfaces of these processes the epithelium gradually merges from the endothelium of the peritoneum fertilization of the ovum is believed to occur in the tube and the fertilized ovum is then normally passed on into the uterus the ovum however may adhere to and undergo development in the uterine tube giving rise to the commonest variety of ectopic gestation in such cases the amnion and chorion are formed but a true decidua is never present and the gestation usually ends by extrusion of the ovum through the abdominal ostium although it is not uncommon for the tube to rupture into the peritoneal cavity this being accompanied by severe hemorrhage and needing surgical interference end of section thirty eight